time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. We're so thrilled. It's Monday, Jam July. Is it January? July 17th. And uh, we're off to the races. Another informative podcast we have for you today. Again, this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, we are committed to bringing you timely information that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. So anyway, special thank you to our sponsors, Byte Software. So grateful to have them join us as in the sponsorship lineup. They have a great product. They provide exceptional level of LOS customization that allows you to work the way you want to work, whether you're a COO managing thousands of users or an entrepreneur starting with nothing, but an uncompromising vision of your business. I tell you, what I am hearing more as I get to talking with the guys at Byte, I love their attitude towards one thing, that is service, serving you the loan originators, the loan mortgage business owners, to do a first-class job of providing you best-in-class enterprise-level automation, and they're through their LOS with their LOS. Anyway, LOS that is uh, is at highest levels. It'll compete with the biggest and the best out there, and some of the biggest and the best do use them. So check out Byte Software. Also, Finastra does a great job with their mortgage bot POS. We did an ABA webinar last week with uh, a good number of banks on that call. It was really well attended and uh, very impressed with how uh, the topic. We were talking about first-time home ownership. Get a hold of your representative at Finastra. Ask how you can get a listen in on that um, on that on that webinar we did for the ABA. Again, there's recordings of it. And I encourage you to do it. I had my good friend Gwen Muse Evans join me along with uh, we had uh, Tim at uh, Finastra, uh, excuse me, Tom at Finastra, who runs product development. It's really some interesting information. We are focusing in on the first-time home buyer and, and what we can do to stimulate um, drawing more into the first home buying experience, especially with ch- all the challenges we're facing and there be men. But we presented some really good solutions. So check out Finastra. They're a thought leader as well as the largest fintech company in the world. Also, Total Expert. Love these guys. I love all our sponsors, but I love what they're doing at Total Expert. They're a leading fintech software company that delivers purpose-built CRM and customer engagement for the modern financial institutions. Again, the interview I did on March 15th with Joe Wildew is a must-listen to. We also just recorded another one with Dan Catanelli. Going to be sharing that one coming up. It is really, really good. The vision that they have is really exciting. We recorded, well, we got the one with Dan Catanelli we're recording. That's coming up. But Magic Mike, we recorded that interview, and we'll be releasing that coming up <laughs> real soon here. 
Very exciting. Mark and I did that here. Mark chuckling in the background as we recorded that interview. There's so much that we do in these interviews. We're so excited about having these sponsors. Also, Candor Technology. Check out the interview we did with Ed on May 26th. Again, it's the only automated underwriting system to earn a patent for its unique solutions. You, if you know what the pro- patent process is, folks, Candor nailed it. They got the patent for their product because of the unique way they go about it. It optimizes the loan delivery workflow so operations can be right-sized for the last time. Check out the interview we did May 26th with Ed. It's on our list on our podcast. If you, We'll put links to it in today's podcast. Ben, if you could make sure you put a link in there to each one of those previous podcasts in our links today. So make it real easy for people to go. Or just go to our website, Lick It on Lending. And uh, go back to May 26. Just scroll down, you'll see it. Also, Simple Nexus, great software company that um, has is built for the modern lender. And check out the interview we did on March 8th with Andrea Lightfoot. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America appreciate all that they're doing for our industry, as well as Lenders One. We got the upcoming September Lenders One uh, conference coming up. I'm really excited about attending that in Nashville. Uh, they're under new leadership. Uh, Melissa Langdale is just one of those individuals I'm so excited for the industry to get to know. And we got we caught up with her and did a podcast with her. Also, Knowledge Coop. Uh, so, Mortgage Collaborative, excuse me, that was Mortgage Collaborative. It's Mortgage Collaborative that is coming up. Switch the two. Lenders One has some other things going on this summer. You need to plug into what they're doing. Both the Lenders One and Mortgage Collaborative do great job helping work with lenders in a more uh, up close and um, more with your peer groups. That's what I'd say. Uh, MBA serves the biggest down to the smallest. Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, they put the members in groupings closest to your size of your company. So whether you're a bank, a credit union, or an independent mortgage banker, you can meet with others like size and share best practices with both of these co-ops. They do a great job. Also, Mobility, MMI, and Modex. Love these two companies. Now, I believe you should have both of these technologies. While they do very similar things, they do it slightly different ways. And there's a real advantage to having the business intelligence, BI, new hot term that's going on in the industry. What do you have for AI and what do you have for BI? (laughs) Business intelligence, you get that with Mobility, MMI, and Modex. Also, mortgage advisory tools, they buy advisor tools, great products to help you run your business. This past week, we uh, July 5th, we released the interview with David Hopper of Leader One. That got a lot of downloads. This week, July 19th, Melissa Langdale's interview, with the, who's the new president and COO at the Mortgage Collaborative, be releasing that July 19th, and then July 21st, we're going to be releasing Russ Anderson, um, who talks about treasury management. So Russ works with us here at TMS. Very interesting information out there. Check out all these podcasts. I want to say a special shout out and thank you to everyone that makes this podcast possible. Ben uh, Dela Cruz, my assistant, does all the engineering, the background, schedules things, gets things done. He's the radar of MASH. He makes it all happen. Appreciate him. As well as Adam DeSantis of the NBA. Les Parker, you're going to hear from in just a minute. Matt Graham is here with his market update. David Kittle can't be with us today. He's stuck on an airplane, but he sends his greetings. Alice sent in a recording, so we're going to hear from Alice today. She's got some new data. 
uh, new information talking about Humda. Very interesting. You don't want to miss her report. And Alan Pollock, he just dialed in. will be joining us live. Always good to hear Alan what he's got for some humor and technology update. And Mark Helm, I heard you chuckling in the background. Thanks for being here, bud. Appreciate you so much. Glad to be here, sir. You bet. Mark, let's get into hearing what we have from the MBA. Here's today's MBA Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Now, let me update you on a key priority of MBA in recent years, working with state and local associations on licensing flexibility policy for mortgage loan originators, or MLOs. This year, advocacy has resulted in an enactment of MLO remote work policy legislation in five states, Florida, Illinois, Montana, Nevada, and Virginia. In addition, the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation provided MLOs the same flexibility by issuing a policy statement. As you know, providing MLOs remote work flexibilities allows mortgage companies to save costs and meet consumer expectations on their own terms. MBA will continue to work with its state partners to support policy changes in states with limiting statutes and regulations consistent with MBA's model law and regulation. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Adam DeSanctis, thank you so much for being here with that update. He is faithful to send that in each and every week. Check out the MBA. You should be a member of the MBA, but you do not need to be a member of the MBA to sign up for Mortgage Action Alliance, MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance, because you can have your voice heard on, on the hill of Washington, D.C., inside the Beltway, where... MBA amazingly lives, and what they do for us is amazing. But it's so important we support the MBA and their initiatives that they're putting out and the issues they're fighting for us on the Hill. So go to Mortgage Action Alliance, or MAA, with your smartphone, and download the app, and you will be able to have your voice heard on the Hill. Appreciate, again, the MBA for what they do. Les Parker is here with his TM Spotlight and this week's Macro View of the Markets, along with a music parody. What you got for us this week, Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Inflation warrior, mean old hawk. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean new dog. Are aggressive hikes gone? Last week, the market presumed Doves won as hockey's Jim Bullard resigned as St. Louis Fed president to lead Purdue's School of Business. Buyers buy because they confidently expect a recession and steeper curve to drive mortgage rates down. Despite the resulting dip in rates, the bear trend holds. But to defend it, the 10-year yield must sustain 372. Otherwise, expect the bulls to attack its 359 reversal point. So watch for messy change ahead. We know that trends are permanent, but changes. These views are mine. Understand messy and mischievous markets at tmspotlight.com. I got to tell you, Les Parker does a great job. He and Gary Cantrabone, as I say each week, team up, produce that spot. I love it. Um, and this one was good. And I think you need to really sign up, listeners, for the tmspotlight.com newsletter. You say, well, I don't have time to read another one. Well, this is really an important one to be reading because Les gives you insights into the market. Whether you're an originator or you're managing a group of producers, I'm thinking of several of my clients, you need to be reading this. And the good news 
by listening to this podcast, you get the paid version for free. That's the one. The paid version has got so much more information in it. And so get the paid version. You get it for free when you sign up at tmspotlight.com. And you can then put in the word, the code for sign up code there is power for power seller. And you get a great newsletter, the paid version, full, robust, all the information for free. Price, great value, excellent. <laughs> great price. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you're paying for it, for those of you that are choosing to pay for it, it's no problem. Then pay for it. It's worth every dollar of it. You need to be reading it. Again, the macro view of the markets is so important. We understand those. Les is brilliant. And uh, he's a thought leader in our industry. I mean, he sent me a podcast, Jordan um, Jordan uh, Peterson interviewing Vivek uh, Swami, is that that is uh, the, the pre new presidential candidate, uh, a millennial, first millennial we have running for player president. It's a brilliant podcast. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And what? Two smartly smart guys talking about this, uh, about the markets and what's going on. So vast, vast amount of information. What goes on in Les Parker's head? Not sure anyone could ever figure out. He's just so bright. He's out there. But you can figure it out by getting that newsletter each and every week. Let's get over to Matt Graham, who is the founder and CEO of MBSLive.net. Matt can't be here with us live. I wish he was. I had a lot of questions for him today, but he is busy, and I can understand why, given these markets. So Matt did send in a report for us, so let's listen to what Matt Graham's for commentary is on the markets and last week and what we look forward to this week. TM Spotlight Soundbite. Is wrong button. Wrong button there, for Sorry about that. Here's Matt Graham's recorded comments. This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. Last week brought the much-anticipated CPI data. That's the Consumer Price Index, the most important inflation metric as far as market reactions are concerned. It consistently produces the biggest reactions and has been especially important in the post-COVID hyperinflationary environment. We uh, had sold off in the previous week leading up to last week's CPI, and the first two days of the week were pretty empty in terms of the economic calendar, but a modest rally had already begun. Some analysts said that the market was expecting CPI to be relatively bond-friendly and they were getting ahead of the move. Whether that's the case or not, CPI did indeed come out in a favorable way for the bond market, with the core month-over-month -month reading being 0.2% versus the 0.3 forecast and 0.4 previous. Uh, for the sake of explaining why that matters, a 0.2 annualized would be 2.4%, which is pretty dang close to the Fed's 2% target. That's not to say anybody knows that it's going to continue to be 0.2, and, and in fact, it was even lower than that, but it was rounded up. Uh, but if it were to maintain that stance, then we are back in action. As far as inflation is concerned, the Fed is no longer justified in hiking rates. And the next move would be an eventual rate cut. Uh, the market responded favorably, as you might expect, not in an incredibly robust fashion, but enough to undo the weakness seen in the previous week. In the remainder of the week, we had jobless claims and producer prices the following day. And even though jobless claims were lower than expected, that was offset to some extent by producer prices also coming in lower than expected, showing that uh, lower inflation narrative. Then on Friday, 
Consumer sentiment pushed back a little bit in the other direction, coming in at 72.6 versus 65.5. A very big uptick potentially will be revised in uh, two weeks. But as for Friday, it uh, helped yields push back a little bit against the rally, but it did not undo the bulk of that rally. And 10-year yields ended the week right at 3.84, which is the technical ceiling that had been intact all the way back to the end of May, and that was just broken two weeks ago on July 5th. Looking ahead, uh, the market is going to remain data dependent. It was data that got us into the uh, rate spike mess week before last. It was data that bailed us out with CPI last week. And uh, this week, it will be data that sort of uh, contributes to what will likely be a sideways, inconsequential drift as we wait for the Fed meeting in the following week. There are a couple interesting reports, a couple potentially important reports. We have a lot of the housing-related data with the builder confidence on Tuesday. And, uh, of course, with us, as always, MBAs, purchase and refi indices tomorrow morning. But then we'll also get housing starts, building permits, and uh, on Thursday, existing home sales. On the non-housing-related data front, Philly Fed Index is probably the headliner on Thursday morning, but um, jobless claims can also have a very big impact because this particular instance of jobless claims is the one that coincides with the survey that drives the non-farm payrolls number. So if that were to be very far from forecast, the market could read that as an indication of how the next NFP will come in, and uh, that would tend to move the bond market more than any other random jobless claims report. In the bigger picture, we'll keep an eye on uh, trading ranges, technical levels. We're close enough to the 3.84 level that we wouldn't want to necessarily assume that's going to hold up. In fact, we never really want to assume a technical level is going to do anything specific in the future as far as uh, supporting or rejecting any particular movement. Instead, we just want to observe those technical levels as being more important lines to cross than other random lines. So if yields were to break above and hold above, it would uh, speak to the psychology or the uh, sentiment behind bond market momentum. In general, it's all about data. And we're going to get two more CPI reports as well as NFP and uh, other significant economic reports before uh, the September Fed meeting. But as far as the July Fed meeting is concerned, the one coming up next week, uh, that is likely going to see the rate hike. The market still expects that with a near 100% certainty but has moved to considering whether or not the Fed will be able to pull off the second hike that is currently predicted in the dot plot. I think the Fed will be the first to admit that if inflation is doing something similar over the next two months that it did in last week's report, uh, that it might not make sense to go ahead with that hike. And the only reason they might still do it is to avoid market exuberance that might sort of shortchange the progress made on inflation. That's going to do it for this week. Back to you. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it so much. There is, uh, I mean, there's more of a sideways movement throughout the week. I mean, we saw a nice, looked like a nice rally, a little bit of a rally this morning, and then it's kind of going back in. So that seems to substantiate what we're seeing in activity on the screen on the mbslive.net screen that I'm looking at right now. Looks like uh he is right on target. So 
would be interesting to see if that second hike comes and what comes. I mean, Les Parker's been saying all along, we're going to see lower rates as we head towards the end of the year. That is encouraging. Now, that's not going to necessarily produce more loans. Your thoughts, Mark Helm? I'd love to get your input on this. Well, I think uh, based on his report from uh, last week and what we're going to anticipate this week, we're going to have a little bit more activity than we've seen in any other two-week period in the last six months. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, at least people are thinking and things are happening, and and I uh, would love to see some rate decreases in our industry. We need it bad right now. Yeah, we could. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to increase any volumes because, again, the issue we see to continue to have is the inventory. And, Mark, one of the things as we look at this, now normally we'd be heading out to David Kittle right now, but David is in the airport, so we'll take – you and I will talk about his segment. Um, and that is there's so much about wringing your hands and looking at we don't have any inventory, but I'm challenging more and more people – to say, okay, we have an inventory issue. No one denies the fact we have an inventory issue. But what are you doing, Mr. Mortgage Banker, to help that? And go like, uh, Licken, if you didn't notice, we're a mortgage banker. We're a bank. We're, a, we're not doing anything. We, what, what can we do? And the answer is there's more you can do than you realize. And I use an example of one of my clients, uh, uh, Alcova Mortgage. They're out helping inventory by working with builders and helping getting them financed. They're not even a bank, and they're working with them to help build, get uh, get product built by working with them on their financing. I've got another guy, Elliot Lewis of Leader One, another one of my clients. Uh, he's out working with a local uh, builder, and in the process of doing that is showing him how he can reduce his financing costs and sell more homes through financing options. Listeners, there is more that we can do then we realize when it comes to some of the issues we're all complaining about. And there's what, I'm, what we do on as a podcast, as a, as a consultant, we are challenging our, the companies where Mark and I are coaching, and we're challenging them. What are you doing about it? Well, again, and the answer is not acceptable. We say, uh, what can I do about it? I'm just this. When you get rid of the, the shed, the thinking, I'm just this or that. I'm just a loan officer. I'm just a mortgage banker. I just own a mortgage company. And I'm not a builder. I don't build sticks. I can't even, don't even know how to pound a nail. Well, guess what? You work with builders. we got to get in relationships and get around them. Let's talk about the realtors. The number of realtors are sitting around going, we, we don't know what to do. Well, work with your realtors. Become a business advisor. And, and a consultant to your those that you have relationships with. I'm talking builders, realtors, who else is out there? Then you can do what we have talked about in some of the other podcasts is you go out and start working with those that drive business where refinance activity is needed and necessary. But think how many people are still going through divorce? You know what? When you have economic times like this, there unfortunately there's two things that cause divorce finances and um the other one everyone knows about and uh so we know what causes it. Divorce is not – divorces actually go up at an economic challenging time such as we're in. So we've got – if you've listened to Tiffany Rose, the interview we did with Tiffany Rose, she gets all of her business from divorce attorneys, a good amount of her business. Not all her business, but a good amount of it. Here's the deal. What are you doing as you listen to this? Ask yourself this question. What am I doing to make a difference with my production? 
Mark, I always get on this topic, and I start thinking I'm a little bit of a soapbox, so I'll, I'll step off a little bit and let you join in on it or well, jump in on it. How's that? I'll share, my, I'll share my thoughts with you, David. Um, I'm a believer, and having been around this industry just about as long as you have, we've seen it all, right? Yep. So I'm sitting here thinking and, and watching, and one of the things I believe right now is in our industry way of thinking about our volumes and all, we got the cart before the horse. And let me explain why I'm saying that. Um, I'm sitting on a, a nice house, uh, 55, 5,600 square feet in Houston. It's been on the market for a year. have been trying to sell really? it for a year. Got six or seven people looked at it, and nobody's made an offer. The house has been completely redone. It's uh, on the market for $625,000, which is a friggin' bargain per square foot. Uh, and it's customized to the max. And I, I, if you saw the house, you'd say, if you put this house in Southern California, it would be worth 3 or $4 million. It's that nice a house. So mm. I said, what's the problem with this scenario we're looking at? Well, here's what the problem is in my book. The... I hear this number that we're 5 million housing units not being sold in the country right now short, and that's why there's not no loans. That might be true, but I'm going to give you the reasons why now, and people don't think of it from this perspective. My house is not selling because it's an expensive house, and rates are really high, and that would be an enormous house payment, and I know that. And the people who would want to buy my house are not going to leave the safety and comfort of a 4% rate in a house they're okay with to step up and pay double that rate. And that's a problem. Yeah. It also yeah. affects the reverse mortgage industry. The reverse mortgage industry, the interest rate accruing, especially in fixed rate loans, accruing determines how much money a person can get out in a reverse mortgage. That mortgage, The reverse mortgage industry is about 50% off right now. Well, it's the same issue. The interest rate's not that's not housing units at all. It's simply a byproduct of the rate. The higher the rate is, the less money you can get out of your house because it's got to show that accrual to it gets to the max claim amount. So I believe the market's going to start coming back when we have a reduction in rate. And I agree with you. People ought to be out doing everything they can do, working at builders, et cetera, to get it. But unfortunately, the problem's still going to be, even when a person borrows the money to buy the new house, they're going to have a higher rate than they want to have. And I just don't – people in this country right now are wanting to leave the house they're in, sitting there comfortably with a 35 to 4.5% rate, to go sign up for something that's 8 to 9%. And I think that's a big thing And uh, right now. And that my real – I posed that question to my realtor, and she said, Mark, nearly everybody that backs out of buying a house when they look at it and, and visualize the house that I work for, that's exactly the problem. Why do I want to leave what I got and take a step up when I can wait till the rate comes down and hopefully buy a house later on it's going to be at 7%, not 9% or whatever the case might yeah, be. Yeah. So I don't think things are going to change till we have a, a good reduction in rate. And But I, I salute everybody that's trying to work with builders and everybody else to create more houses. But I don't think more houses for sale is the answer if the real problem with people is not wanting to step up for that size payment. Yeah, they've unless, been spoiled, unless, they've been spoiled yeah, go ahead. big time. They've been yeah. spoiled the last three years. People yep. have seen rates yep. so low, they don't want to think about something between 8 and 9%. So anyway, that's my yeah. take. 
Well, I, it's a good take on it. I think what you're saying is got solid, of course, merit. I mean, it's based on logic. It's you know, but here's the thing: if we just let that fact sit, use your house for example, let that fact sit, or we say, hey, buy this house because this he's dropped the price on this. When rates come down, are you going to drop that price down? You're probably going to be able to sell that home rather quickly uh, when rates get in that place. But here's the deal. Help help them see the value of buying this home, and then say you'll do a refinance of it when rates drop. There's things we could be doing, yeah. be creative. I, I want to give another example, Bart. You know, I have the privilege of coaching Emily Farley over at Atlantic Bay Mortgage, and she's talking about some of her some of her producers and some of her branch managers. They're crushing it. They've got some folly going. She's thinking of one person. She's thinking it's one person, and uh, she says. Dave, she's crushing it. She, what she's doing, though, is she's spending – she's doubled the number of realtors she's talking to, and it's what we've been talking about on this podcast. She goes out and is doubling the amount of her activity to increase the results of what she's getting, and she's crushing it compared to anyone else in her company. And there's others that yeah. are out there. This comes down to it's a numbers game. What are you doing to think about it? Are you just doing a call at the donut shop factor? Are you just going to the donut shop and agreeing there's nothing that can be done? Woe is us. If that's who you're hanging around, folks, dump them as a friend. At least put that friendship on pause and get them out. You do not need that influence. Send this podcast around to others because we're here to challenge you to find solutions to do something about what's going on out there. And there's things that can be done. I refer refuse to accept any other attitude and i and that's, that's just the way I'm, i was raised that way that's how i think about this thing that's how i operated and how it's gotten me to this point 50 years in the industry i know you're just a couple of years behind me we're the same age you just were in the military a little longer i avoided that mark but um, i'm grateful for your service but i'm grateful to have you as a as a co-host on this and as, as your contribution to all the podcasts we're doing it's really great to have you mark but we could go you on and on you yeah, you made a ahead. very important point that I want to comment on. Uh, you, you get out of life what you put into it. And the person yeah. you talked about doubling her efforts, she's going to give reap those rewards because she's putting that extra effort in. But lenders need to do that. But they also need, you mentioned that thing about the refi, they need to educate people. They need to say, look, when the rates start going down, I can put it in a model and tell you when it makes sense for you to refi your loan based on the cost associated, blah, 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 blah. Gone are the days you've got to worry about GSEs and refi because people have been refining loans, you know, didn't matter who they were sold to, and we don't have prepayments any, anymore. But we need to look out for our bars. And if we look out for our bars by saying, we're here for you when rates go low if you want to refi, and, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can do to entice them to come back to you that are within the legal realms of what we're allowed to do. So anyway, that's that's a uh, that's a take that people can have, and I think it's a good take on that because I think people that uh, would like to have a, a, a lower rate will have that opportunity when rates come down, and shouldn't if they can afford the payment now for a while, they ought to do it get to get the property of their dreams, and then they can work with the rate as they go down the road. And I love that approach because, but it's an education process. And until our mortgage companies out there are in education mode with everyone working with builders or educating people about refi or, or doing this and that and the other, then they're not giving the uh, buyers a potential opportunity that they can consider. And I, I think that's where we're falling short, and I think you just pointed that out. Yeah. 
It's it, it's getting into a wrong mindset. It is the right mindset. And uh, the guys over at Rewire who are, you know, you could say competitors of ours, but I really respect them, Jason and Steve, and what they're doing. It, you've got to have the right mindset. They talk about this all the time. What are you focusing on? Your car goes to where you're looking. Your attitude and your activity goes to where you're looking and how you're talking. What you say, what you believe in your heart, how you focus will determine where you're at. Neck up, check up from the neck up. Is that one one motivational speaker? I think it was Zig Ziglar. I don't know. I loved Zig back in the days. My dad raised me on Zig Ziglar, so I've got that attitude in there. Mark, we could go on and on. We just get on that, and it's important. But it's a good reminder, Mark, to a good admonition to talk to everyone about this. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. She could not be here with us. She had uh, had some um, personal things going on today, so she sent in a recording, and she's going to be talking about Humda. So let's pay attention. Love what Alice does. By the way, Alice, Mark, and I got on a call with Bill Cosgrove this last week and recorded a really good interview. Can't wait to share that one with you. Love uh, what they're doing there at Union Home Mortgage. Kudos to you, Cosgrove, for uh, recruiting people like Alice and building such a successful company. Alice, what you got for us this week? Thanks, Dave. Hello, everyone. Well, today we're going to talk the Humda 2022 data. So this all came out at the end of June, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. So uh, for those of you who don't normally listen to this on a recorded basis, you might want to make sure you go back and listen to the recording a few times because when I get talking numbers, sometimes you got to slow the recording down. So here goes. Here is the best news of all from the Humda data. 72% of the applications reported in the Humda 2022 data came from independent mortgage bankers. So IMBs are a force out there. They are the ones bringing home ownership across the country. This is a jump from 63.9% in 2021. So shout out to all the IMBs out there, including Union Home Mortgage, for bringing home ownership uh, to the masses. Now, there were 4,460 financial institutions that reported, in case you were wondering how many companies are out there doing mortgages. The fact remains there's still a lot of small credit unions and community banks that don't have to report because they're too small. They do very few loans throughout the year, but they're still out there, so keep that in mind. All total, there were 14.3 million home loan applications, of which 11.5 million of those were closed-end. So that's the group I'm going to focus on is 11.5 closed-end mortgages that represent our line of business that we usually talk about here on the show. Now, as you all know, this has gone way down since 2021, but just from a number standpoint, it's been a 45.7% decrease in originations, total closed-end originations between 2021 and 2022 for uh, the business that was reported through the Humda data. Um, so keep that in mind. And, you know, If you're feeling a big pinch and decrease, it all proves out in the data that that's the percentage across the industry. And so I like to use these numbers that you hear from a national level and be able to compare these with how is your company doing? And for those of you in sales, how are you doing even on a personal level? Now, out of the 11.5 million units, keep in mind Humda data is all about units, not the dollars. 6.8 million of those actually closed. So there's a big chunk in that 11.5 that didn't even close. 
So total number of the closed and decreased by a ton uh, refinances decreased by 72% and purchases decreased by 19%. Um, so we all know that, we all feel that, but those are the real numbers that came out with the Humda data. A few other components that I just want to share with would be the uh, the race, sex, and ethnicity information. Today, I'm just going to focus on the race numbers that were summarized. Um, so 8% of those loans uh, represent our black homeowners, 9% to white Hispanic, and 7.6% to Asian. I always like to continue to take a look at the race, sex, and ethnicity makeups from the Humda data. There's much more in the detail that we'll talk about in future shows because it is relevant to always take a look at what were the national numbers, what were numbers as a company, what are numbers in my market if I'm a salesperson, and what can I do to make sure I'm expanding home ownership? Because the low mod percentage of business is still only representing 28% of total originations out there. There's lots of first-time home buyer market out there for all backgrounds of um, potential home buyers. Uh, one other quick footnote is our FHA business was down slightly as its representative share of overall volume uh, hovered around 16% versus being at 17% last year. And total Govy business is about 28% of the overall market for what was reported for Humda data. So there you have it, Dave. Just a quick overview of the numbers from 2022 that were finally published from our Humda data. Great information for lenders to take and understand their markets, see how they compare, and set goals for how you want to finish out 2023. Thanks. Have a great day. Good stuff, Alice. Thank you so much. A lot of information. I was writing down as, you're right, Alice, I was writing down as fast as I could the things you were, and I didn't get half of it. I'm such a slow writer. Um, it's amazing, my typing skills, but um, I'm holding my handset here. I'm dialed in on my handset phone, rather my hands free, so I couldn't write it down as fast. Anyway, I'm going to go back and listen to that <clears throat> segment again numerous times. You, folks, you can listen to all of the each one of like when Alice talks, when uh, when Alan talks, who's coming up here next in just a minute, or any one Matt, any one of our segments that we do throughout the regular weekly podcast update, like today, which we do every day, every Monday which we're doing today, you can go back and listen to each one of those. Like if you want to binge on Alice, many do, binge on Alan, binge on anything, any one of those segments, you can do so by going back and going into our website, lickingonlending.com, and then navigate using the menus to get to that very spot. I go back and listen to each one of these segments, and there's a lot of times I go back and listen to Alice. So what you say about this legislation? You also can search the website to find information. Lots of good stuff out there, folks. We cover each and every week. We're getting so much feedback, and thank you, those of you who are kind enough to text me and let me know you love this podcast or you let me know through email. It's very good. Podcast, you know, probably the best way to do it is through LinkedIn or texting me at 512-632-2900. Talk to you on that later. Let's get over to... Alan Pollack, he is here with us. It's always so much fun. Better turn on his microphone. There we go. Alan, I it's there's on, Mike. Alan, good to have you with us, bud. Appreciate you. Good to be here, as always. Yeah. Ah, always. There's, so, there's so much to talk about. Um, you know, one thing I, I wanted to, go I got to tell you this. I just saw an Elon Musk texted out, sent out a tweet this morning. 
I want everyone to know I officially hate AI. I wonder what's behind that. I, I officially I know, hate AI. It may have something to do with the fact that he was part of OpenAI in the beginning and no one listened to him. And, you know, he also spent a ton of money. He promised employees at Twitter. Uh, and this is random from just stuff I read in the news because this wasn't – I didn't know you were going to ask this question, David, so I don't have the full story. I know. That's but right. um, he offered – serious money to a number of employees uh, to come to Twitter or that were at Twitter to generate his own version of AI. And I think, I think I heard that it wasn't going great. Um, yeah. But you know, the news is the news. So you can't believe everything you read, but that may be why he's a lot of AI <laughs> stuff all of just burning, burning his backside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah. It, 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 so I'll, I'll start. Well, I've got some AI stuff. Let, let's start here. I've got way so, so much stuff. Um, as you know, David, you always do. I appreciate that's why we have you on. You have so much stuff. (laughs) The actors are on strike. I think it was made official end of last week. Um, you know, the, the real gripe is they want to use AI to do background scans, to scan all of the people that are in TV shows and movies that are just there to fill space so that they get paid correctly because AI has the ability to regenerate people and recreate people. And so they feel that they show up once and will never get paid again because AI can redo it. So they want artificial intelligence. Yes. So AI is making a huge road into into now entertainment. So this is we're going to continue to see more like this. But let's let's get on oh, to yeah. other stuff. Yeah. This this one was interesting, David. So let me ask you: Do you like sliced meat or already prepared meat when you when you have your sandwich? Do you want to see the slicer uh, slicing it out? Does that make you feel like it's more fresh? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, it does make you feel like it's more fresh. It's probably not, but, yeah, good good question. Well, I'd, I'd say I'd prefer the sliced meat. I love it when instead of they're doing that there, it does seem like it's fresh. So There's nothing what, like when they put the lettuce on the slicer, right? That, that makes yes. it better. But <laughs> yes. this article is called Any Way You Slice It. Subway anyway, you know. switch to freshly sliced deli meat. Um, because of the rivals, Jimmy John's and Firehouse specifically, since 2016. Now we're going back; it's like eight years yep. uh, or seven years. They've asked, they've had to close 7,000 locations due to competition. So they're trying to stay relevant. So they're now, and you can see the commercials on TV as well. They're now slicing meat. So there you go. Let's Interesting. Talk. Who is it that closed that many locations? Who? Subway. Subway. Wow. 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 Yeah. 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 It's packed. Um, the local so subway I go to, we got two of them here in our little town, and it, it's packed at lunch. Packed out. Well, packed, packed, packed. Now they're slicing, so, they're slicing fresh meat. Now so they're slicing fresh about, meat. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some AI stuff. <laughs> um, so chat GPT, get this. They are going to be getting quite the media literacy upgrade. Open AI and the Associated Press have now struck a deal to license 177 years worth of organization, their organization's text archives. So that Whoa. means ChatGPT will learn 177 years of the Associated Press information. That's wild. Wow, so That's crazy what that does. Yeah. Uh, um, that's amazing. Yeah. Start thinking about the applications now, and the implications of that. Yeah. Remember what we talked about last week, how you can, you can take a bunch of 
mortgage rates on a screen. You can copy and paste it, stick it in ChatGPT, and you can ask it to help you understand the options, and it'll walk you right through it. It'll, you can, and as you ask more questions, it'll continue to give you more information. The, the, the knowledge and the way that ChatGPT communicates back to us, if you ask the right questions, is it's like having an expert anything you want. And you remember what Mark said last week. He uses it for everything all the time. Well, let's yeah. talk about that. Um, Stable Doodle, right? It's the name of a company, Stable Doodle. It's a new generative Stable AI Doodle. tool. <laughs> yep. It can take any rudimentary black and white doodle you make, and it will convert it into a complex, colorful image in seconds. So the paper drawings that we do in quick meetings or your doodles, you can upload it to Stable Doodle. I don't know if it has private accounts or anything like that, but you can stick it in Stable Doodle, and it will automatically make it beautiful. And it will put some color on it. So check that out. Really? Yes. We're going to get to more doodle. of this stuff in a second. Yep, but I, I gotta I write that one down because I, I love Doodle. I yep. mean, from that, what that could do from a communication standpoint and getting on websites, it's really solid. That's right. So get this: a company called Halo.car, H-A-L-O dot C-A-R. They launched in Las Vegas. They will remotely pilot with a remote control a car, a rental car, to your location. And once the car gets to your location and you take over control, it's only $12 an hour to drive the vehicle where you please. Their fleet is outfitted with cameras, modems, antennas. A remote driver at the startup operations center uses live video and sensors to pilot the car to you. This is approved. This is real. This is an um, – they want to and do it. it's Halo, H-A-L-O? Dot C, dot, yeah, Halo, H-A-L-O, dot C-A-R is the name of the company. Wow. And they will remotely pilot a rental car to you, and it's 12 bucks an hour. It's yours to drive. Wow. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> now let's get into the mortgage stuff, right? Okay. So I'm going, dude, I think someone's asking, it says, can I get a Halo loan officer or a Halo processor, please? All right, take it on. What? Where are we going with this, Alan? I think, why not? I know. We I didn't think about. We will a loan officer in a car with with an, an opener, a closer, an underwriter, <laughs> and we'll drive them to your location. <laughs> when you said an opener, I'm uh, thinking some loan officers. I'm thinking of a bottle opener. That tells you where my head's at with some of those loan officers out there today. Uh, okay. So anyway, you got to. Yeah, I got it. Got it. That's really interesting. All right. Here's big news. This is huge. Ice. Okay. Ice Mortgage and Black yep, Knight yep, Financial yep, Services yep, yep, have yep, yep, announced yep. today that they have agreed to sell Optimal Blue to in order to really? save Really? Yep, they are going to sell Optimal Blue to Constellation Software Services to save the merger. It's a $700 million deal, $200 million in cash, and a $500 million promissory note. Keep in mind, Constellation is also the same company that is buying Empower, the AI solutions, everything that that, BK, that uh, BKFS already said they're going to sell off. Wow, so, this is big news. Constellation yeah. is going to become, if they can put it all together, I mean, they're spending a lot of money. They're going to become a big a, a, a big competitor out there. Yeah. Wow, wow, so it, wow. Yeah. There's all kinds of questions that raises in my mind, when you start looking at the, what makes sense about this deal, that is so fascinating. 
100%. So, David, how, how much time do I have? Because i got more stuff. Oh, keep going. We've got, we, <laughs> this is so fascinating right now. My pen is just I'm, – I'm, i got my remarkable okay. up here, and I'm scribbling out notes as fast as I can. All right, get this. This is in the Chrism Report. So, at guaranteed rate affinity – this is their actual wording. I'm reading it verbatim. At guaranteed rate affinity, we believe our loan officers need the perfect combination of technology and human touch to succeed in this market. And I know, Mark, your ears are twitching. It says, not only are we a fintech organization, but we focus on memorable experiences that drive loan officers' personal branding. I'm not going to read the rest, but ultimately, they're saying that a loan officer needs tools to give a human connection, and the technology is not there to replace them, but to help them. There's a lot of vendors that can do this. That's why I'm not going to read the rest of that, because I don't want to sponsor anyone that I may be speaking incorrectly about. But... That is what pe- that's what your competition for the lenders that are listening to this podcast today. That is what your competition is doing. They're focusing on a brand, a loan officer's brand, your brand, and the tools to make them educate consumers and be smarter. We're in we're not in a difficult market. We're in a market that you need to know how to navigate. And because of that, if you have those tools, you'll do a much better job. Okay, another day we can talk about all the different tools. David, we were talking about the um the Humda data that came out. Well, the NBA also just put out, and it was actually it was on the Lickin' on Lending uh, website yeah. um, from the NBA um, about production expenses. So here we go. Yep. Commissions, compensation, occupancy, equipment, everything, right? Everything that goes into it increased to a study that we are now at a high of thirteen thousand dollars about. Yep. Her loan yep. in the first quarter up from 12000 in the fourth quarter of 22. And yep. from the third quarter of 2008, we're up $7,100. So what does that mean? It means we're spending a lot of money everywhere, but what, is it? what does it mean for the tech version of this podcast, right? It means what is the hidden cost of managing multiple vendors? And I'm not going to get through this whole conversation today, but I'm going to just start the conversation. I'm going to leave you yep. with a teaser. There is a hidden cost to managing multiple vendors. We all live with it. There's 20 vendors that we deal with on average, maybe 17. It's a lot. And so ever since financial institutions, that includes non-bank lenders, right, IMBs, you're, you're a lender. You've recently accelerated your digital transformation plans, right? Well, the hidden financial cost increases with managing multiple vendors as well as the risk of incompatibility between the technology how do you optimize the technology? There's so much inside of what mm-hmm. I just said. And the biggest thing, we'll, we'll, we'll tease it off with two things. One is keep your eyes down the road before you make decisions, right? Don't look at now. Look at now and later. And what are the time and resources and how do they add up? You can answer those two questions. You have a great start to next week's conversation, and we'll spend more time on this next week. But, David, the hidden cost managing 15 vendors is huge. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It, 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 no wonder. And have we really improved the speed, our throughput, our speed? Uh, I you don't know. know. I'm, I'm, I don't, I mean, I, I know we're accelerating it, but certainly marginally compared to where it has. I think we're in for some quantum leaps, quantum leaps ahead. Uh, when we come to uh, productivity and I'm not sure it's going to come. And sadly, this is a sad commentary. I'm concerned it's not going to come through our existing group of lenders. I believe it's someone who's coming in from the outside. And I say that to challenge every lender listening to this podcast. 
that this be the rallying call for you to do anything and everything innovative. Take a listen to what Alan talks about every single week on the podcast. Do something with it. Get on a phone call with Alan. You can talk to Alan by just emailing him, Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at TMS-Advisors. That's right. He's on our team of advisors. And uh, also, just recently, you hooked up with uh, Garrett uh, Locklear over there at Canada. That's an ex- very exciting. Very, very exciting. I'm very excited for you and for what comes out of it. All I know, Alan, where you show up, brilliance happens. And so we appreciate your brilliant contribution each and every week I- to this podcast. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to say thank you, but really, it's just the coffee. I drink really strong coffee. <laughs> well, a lot of people say I should not be drinking as much coffee before the podcast because I talk too fast already. But anyway, Alan, good stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to get into talking about the cost next week. Let's get into that. From your yeah. perspective, Alan, and then Alan, Mark, I want to see you jump in on this as well. Please jump in. Uh, but when you look at the cost, do you see any evidence of someone coming in from the outside to absolutely slash costs? Yeah. I mean, there's a company right now, actually, that the old AI solution, say old, the AI solution from a few years ago that was sold to Black Knight. Remember, remember Sufi? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Sufi, yeah. He, he's yeah. now co-founder of a company called Staircase that aggregates many vendors into one with an API framework to allow people to get into the mortgage industry and disrupt and do yeah. more without having to go out and do everything. You know, everybody wants a piece of everybody. So there's red right. shares, there's commissions. It's it's hard as a vendor to operate as well. Yeah. Oh, and I remember so having Sufi Safavi is his name, and we I remember him having show, him yeah. on. We did. Yeah, we had him on the podcast when we uh, when they acquired uh, when Black Knight acquired him, and uh, back then, and so Heavy Water, I think, it was was it a Heavy Water, Alan? It was. It was heavy yes, water. Heavy Water yeah. Partners, heavy or something water. like that. Yeah, I, Heavy I, I Water Partners. Say, and then. I know Mark's got a lot of feedback here, so I'm going to let Mark uh, do some talking. But I, I will tell you, David, that um, when when you think about all of the regulation we have, where do oh. we focus all that effort to make the process better? You want to know my honest opinion, and, and I'm not part of a lot of the folks that are that are, you know, yeah. lobbying and, and trying to do things. But we need to help people get into homes. That's home buying programs. Add exposure yeah. to people for down payment assistance? How many veterans truly know their options? How do they even check their options? We can add more yeah. exposure to more home buyers. We can open up the doors for people to get in their first home. They don't care the rate six six and a half percent. They just want their first home and they want a low down payment. If we can enable yep. people to do that, that's where we should focus maybe some regulatory efforts. Yep. Hmm. When I bought my first Which home. comes with diversity, right? Yeah. It comes with a diverse group of, of home buyers. So we have to open the acceptance for different diverse groups, but we also have to help people get into homes. Yeah, we've got to do a better job of that. Interest rates are back to where they were as a median for decades. So we're actually, while rates are above the lows, I mean, everyone focuses on the lows. Yeah, but I didn't get that two and three quarters or two and five eighths rate that I could have gotten. I'm so bummed out I should have waited. Would have, could have, should have. You know, get, taking advantage of what the rates are. We can refinance you if you get down lower. So anyway, I could go on and on. Waking all the loan originators up out there, all the production managers, wake up to what can be done. Remember what I said about Emily Farley's, uh, one of her originators is just crushing it because of increasing the activity, doing the same things, but increasing, but doing more of it. Hmm. 
Alan, and then using technology, Alan, that you talk about on the podcast is such an important thing. Okay, it's time to wrap this up. Mark, jump in. What's your thoughts as we wrap this podcast I'm, up? I'm, I'm still getting getting having a problem getting my arms around the fact that uh, Black Knight is selling Optimal Blue. Yeah, OB, that is a major, major announcement. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, surprise me with Constellation. They buy everything inside. It seems like so. Yeah, you know they're really a software, and and they they really like the mortgage industry. So you know that doesn't surprise me. I'm more surprised on the side that Black Knight's selling than anything. Yeah, well, I mean, we all know the power of that particular. I mean, it's, it's a it's a market leader, absolutely a market well, leader. We have other letter price and many others out there coming into the market, Poly, and but they just haven't cracked. Uh, they haven't gotten the kind of market share that uh, Optimum Blue does. I'm sure this is going to be a huge uh, plus for some of the competitors out there saying it's time to let us in. Look what's happening over there. But consolidation, like you said, is uh, coming consolation, excuse me, <laughs> is consolidating, uh, is uh, buying up a lot of product. We'll see. This, there's, there's the things, the sands are shifting, Mark. The sands are shifting. Yep, fast. it is. Yep, it is. Alan, thank you so much for coming on each and every week, uh, yeah, keeping us updated on that. And uh, one question that just got texted to me, Alan, real quick question yeah. from our listener, just texted me this saying, was, were they forced to sell it in order to get this deal done? You alluded to that in yeah. your commentary. So they had, they had to dump that jewel in order to get this deal done. Interesting. That is correct. Um, the yeah. article, by the way, is – is at Housing Wire. Okay. Um, it's from 145 today, so it was literally right before uh, we went on we the went air. Live. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it uh, the exact says that um, it was a regulatory commitment. Uh, so yes, it is. Uh, they actually the article says to save the merger deal, they had to sell it off. So it looks like it was part of. The logistics yeah. with the FTC and everything else going on. Yeah, FTC probably forced that to happen. Well, interesting. Lot it's creating opportunities out there, everybody. We've got a lot more to talk about on all of this. We'll be doing that again next week. I've got to run to a board meeting here. It starts here in three minutes, so I'm going to exit out of here. We'll wrap this podcast up. Mark, Alan, thank you for being here live. Again, thank you to Les, Matt, and Alice for sending in recorded comments today. Share these. Share this podcast with others. We're getting some number of new listeners right now, and uh, I, I really encourage you to share this with others. Some of the new listeners are coming from Security State Bank here, State Bank and Trust here in Marble Falls. One of my new clients that I'm working with, and uh, we shared about it. And one of their loan officers came in to talk to Carol and said, "Hey." This podcast, that guy that's consulting us, he's got a really good podcast. I'm learning so much. Folks, share this podcast with others. I mean, tell, let others hear and grow at what we're doing. I try not to do too much in the way of rants. If it's ranting, it's only to help you get out and have a different perspective. Appreciate you so much. Those that listen to this podcast are the ones that are prospering, growing, because they're doing something about their career. And hopefully I'm 
<laughs> Hopefully what we have to say here adds value even to those that are doing well. It obviously does. Downloads are crazy what we're getting. Appreciate all of our sponsors. Again, thank you each one of them for what they do for us and helping this is make this possible. Again, our sponsors are Byte Software. Thank you, Byte, our newest, one of our newest um, uh, advertisers. We're adding another one uh, here, I think, in the next week or so, adding another one. Really excited about that. Also, Finastra, total expert, Candor Technology, Simple Nexus, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, and Mortgage Advisory Tools. That's just to name a few of the sponsors, all that make it possible. Thank you to Ben De La Cruz for all that he does behind the scenes. Appreciate you all, listeners. Again, share this with others. Go to LickingOnLending.com, and uh, have a wonderful week. Look forward to seeing you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.